Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody to the Inside Zone Podcast. Uh, back to business as usual this week as I am joined by Nick Dungison, also known as Long Snaps Ranked. Not Long Snap, Long Snaps Ranked. Nick, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for getting plural of snaps. There's, there's always more than one long snap needed. It's okay, no Never worries. have too many long snaps. Never have too many long snaps. Been monitoring the long snapping position battles this this offseason um there's there's a few i was i was quite um amused at, um what was happening in um in new orleans as there seems to be my constant state as a saints fan um in that we released our veteran long snapper justin dreschel um site dresher not dreschel signed a couple of um i think they were they might have been both rookies or they had little experience. Let them compete. Got to about two weeks before season starts and Sean Payton goes, oh crap, both of these guys are terrible. Cut them, re-signed Drescher, and then <laughs> about a week later cut him and trade the seventh round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles on Snapper, who's best known for, I think he won America's Got Talent Bloody a yeah. couple of years ago Bloody doing yeah. magic tricks. This is it's really cool. You should check it out. But yeah, he's... um. <laughs> so, he, so we've now got a, an actual magic trick guy at Long Snapper, which seems suited for a town that's a sort of as weird and wonderful as New Orleans is. So that's great. Giving a new meaning to the word trick play. <laughs> uh, do you watch any college football over the weekend? Any college football? Um, games? I didn't. I was I was in Spain at friends' oh, wedding, course, so yeah. I didn't see it. But I did watch um, Josh Rosen's uh, highlights of Josh Rosen's comeback, or should I say yeah. UCLA's comeback? Um, I will say that it did look like two of those miracle touchdowns should have been interceptions. Yeah. One of them, I think, he literally it goes. I don't know if the guy has it a hole in his hand. Or, yeah, yeah, it was, un- <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, did you see the thing about Jake Olson as well, the blind long snapper for US- USC? That was a great, great story to see. Yeah, the, that, the that was that was a lovely moment, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, that was really well done. I mean, the complete complete dream, and good on Western Michigan as well for not um, because because. I guess they could have just ruined that because I know that some college coaches are complete arseholes and it would have been a complete sort of, um, you know, Greg Schiano move to kind of just, you know, charge the long snapper, but good on them for not. Yeah, I, I watched the Michigan Wolverines take on the Florida Gators and on my commute, I watched the Bama FSU game because I wasn't going to stay up till one thirty to watch that. Uh, right, should we move on to some NFL? And guys, if you haven't checked out last week's episode, the college football extravaganza, we had inside the pylons, Mark Schofield, and Aaron Resnick of Pro Football Focus talking about Heisman's and the teams you need to watch. So if you guys are new to college football or veterans at all, be sure to check that out. That was a really interesting episode. So go back and check that one out. Right, should we move on to some NFL? Let's, let's talk football. Right, so we are we're a couple of days away. From the start of the NFL season, it's been a long time coming. Uh, we've got how many we've got here? One, two, three, four, five. Very professional. We've got six games we're going to preview here. Going to get into some uh, personnel, X's and O's, talk a little bit of football, give you guys kind of the preview that you need before you get your gridiron appetite back this week because football's back. We love talking about it. And uh, shall we kick off with the Thursday night game? The Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Foxborough to take on the reigning. Super Bowl one champions, the New England Patriots. Do you want to kick this off, or do you want me to kick it off, Nick? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. I mean, as as regular listeners might know, I've been tipping New, York, New England for an unbeaten season. Um, so 
I think any time we talk about I'm going to fra- I'm going to um, frame it through that. Um, I think this is a really good game for a Thursday night sort mm-hmm. of start the season game. Sometimes they've been a bit, they've ended up a bit one sided. This should be pretty tight. It's um, you've got two of the best coaches around in Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, two of the best built rosters, sort of intelligently constructed, um, and yeah, I mean. But from that, it, it's kind of easy to see, look at that and then contrast the way that they've been put together and ha- what effect that'll have on the game. I mean, where Kansas City, you've got Alex Smith, New England, have got Tom Brady. Yep. But where um, Kansas City, you've got Justin Houston and D Ford. New England, have got Trey Flowers and, I don't know, Genio Grissom? Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I, did the, I, uh, I did the 27 preview piece for the Patriots on the site. I must admit, it was... It was grisly viewing, looking looking at those edge rushers about yeah. trying to find out who the hell was going to be taking second and third string snaps. That that is something that's definitely going to be something to, to look out for on Thursday night. Uh, got anything else you're going to be watching for? Any anything? I mean, yeah, it's. Um, I think. I think. Um, I like the. I think the the thing for me will be. Um, you look at where both of these teams have lost sort of a vital skill position player. So the Chiefs have lost Spencer Ware to a season-ending industry. Um, is it a season-ending injury or is it just a long-term? I can't. I've I had a hunch. That I believe he's out for the season. It, he should be. He's there. ACL, isn't it, or something yeah. like that? Um, but I mean, all they've got to fall back on is um, a third-round rookie from a mid-major, Kareem Hunt, and Chuck Hendrick West. Neither of whom really inspire confidence. But you look at New England without Julian Edelman, and they've got Brandon oh. Cooks, Chris Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, Danny Amendola. Recently, before you start Dorset. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I am really not a fan of Philip Dorsett. I think he's abysmal. So, I, you know, I wouldn't, bold, bold I wouldn't be surprised moves. if he barely does anything. Um, bold, bold but they've got the Titans. Yeah, but mm. I was going to say, bold move saying someone's abysmal just before going to New England. You know, that system <laughs> seems to routinely churn out you know, thousand yard receivers. True, true. Well, it kind of does, but but Dorsett just seems the wrong play, sort of player. I mean. He's sort of there was all these rumours that he had a bit of an attitude problem in Indianapolis, that he wasn't a hard worker, that he couldn't learn the offence, that he was struggling with a playbook, struggling with roots. All those sort of things are the things that you need in New to succeed in New England. Um I mean I, I think he he won't get he won't see much action because he's a, essentially a deep threat receiver and he's got Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan, both of whom are pretty good deep threats. I d I don't know, I I I don't think they need him to do anything. Yeah, they've um, also, like, I mean, also got Gronk and Dwayne Allen there at tight end. You know, they're going to play old school football. Two tight ends in there, you know, pound the football, or they're going to, you know, get those mismatches with the, with those tight ends lined up against the um again against the linebackers. And, and then they've got Dion Lewis and James White as well. That, that's what I'm looking forward to. I can't, I mean, I, I like I said, I wrote about the preview, and I legitimately think that any one of these four running backs could could have 15 you know touches a game. You know, Gillisley, White, Burkhead, Lewis. You know, White, Burkhead, Lewis. They're they're great receivers, whereas you'd say, you know, Burkhead and Gillis are more of you know between the between the numbers type guys. You know, they're lower the shoulder. Uh, I, I'm amazed. I think I thought Gillis would be the lead back for this team, but for for me, I think he could be marginalised just the, the Legarrette Blunt type role. You know, short yardage goal line yeah. type thing. Uh, something I'm going to be looking for is how does this new? We, we, we've briefly alluded to it, but how does this Patriots pass rush look? So by no means are they facing an elite Kansas City group. You know, the guards are average. Uh, middle of the pack, Stento of Mitch Morse. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, Schwartz is a good right tackle. You know he's great in pass protection, so that should be interesting. He's to see very if, good right tackle. If Trey Flowers go over, goes over that side, but the left tackle, you know Eric Fisher, is taken first overall in 2013. You know he's he's never lived up to, to, to that hype. You know I mean especially seeing as Lane Johnson went fourth. Uh, you know if the Patriots 
can't seem to turn it on here. You know, I, I'm going to be watching just to try and see how, you know, Matt, Patricia, and Belichick how that how they try to dial up pressure for the system because. It's not that they can just you know beat up on people with elite players. They're going to have to try and you know scheme scheme sacks in that system. What, what are you? I, I, I think it's going to be um, more about almost um, relying on more coverage sacks because there's a fantastic secondary and fantastic sort of linebackers in coverage that you've got on on the Pats roster. I think in manufacturing a pass rush, yeah, but that if they if you know if Alex Smith can't get a pass away, yeah, um, because he's got no one open, then that's just Back he's end. either got to run for his life, which he can do. Back but end, it, helping out the front end. Yeah, I mean, and it is. It does. The more I look at it, it does look like a stacked secondary. I mean, Malcolm Butler, Stephen Gilmore, Devin McCourt, he was really good. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see what Eric Rowe does this season. Patrick Chung, who's another one of these players who has only ever been good in New England, but yeah. how? But how? And then you've got players like Dante Hightower, who are great coverage linebackers as well. So. Yeah, Patrick Chung. He's in that you know that Rodney Harrison mold type safety that the Patriots always always had. They've always had that that thumper who comes down you know uh, you know enforces the run. I can't remember who the guy before Harrison was. His name has just uh, lawyer uh, lawyer Malloy. That was the guy there before that. He was the original Rodney Harrison. Shall we move on to the Browns at Steelers? Do you want to keep this one off? Um, yeah, I mean, um, so this is I've, I've picked this one because. Um, well, we are like an underdog, don't we? There's not much more. Don't come much more underdog at the moment than Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, if, if Cleveland are still old Cleveland, then switch this off immediately. Um, I think we have to be hoping um, for sort of a five or six win season for Cleveland to show that the players they've stacked last year and this are starting to gel and develop and kick on. Um, I know it, it, it's quite dubious as to whether they are actually doing analytics right or whether they are trying to apply. Um, the longer-term baseball approach where you've got farm systems to the um, NFL, um, where it might not work because you can't afford to wait three or four years for a player to develop because that's the majority of their career in a lot of cases. Um, anyway, so that's why I'm going for Cleveland. But this is um, a heck of a test for them to start. Um, this could be interesting, though. I think Cle- um, Pittsburgh are an absolute op- offensive powerhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that, that is the least controversial thing that I will say. Um, but I think that on the other side of the world, everything apart from maybe corner, um, oh, I really yeah. like this Browns defence. Yeah. Um, how about Miles Garrett going up against um, Alejandro Villanueva, who is okay left tackle. He's a converted tight end. Um, nice story. Um, ex-army guy. Um, how about um, Danny Shelton having to go up against um, that excellent interior line of um, the Steelers? I mean, it'll be if if he doesn't get much help, then I think Pouncey DeCastro and Foster can just eat He's him up. up. Yeah. If Caleb Bradley plays well, if, if you've got getting contributions, um, stopping the run coming from Garrett, who I think is going to be a very very good run stopper, and players like Carl Nassib maybe. Um, it could be interesting. Um, if the Browns don't, if the Browns don't win this game, though, I, I, for me, I felt this is not an important game for for either team because I feel like we we all know what's going to happen, you know. But the whole season to me feels like a learning curve for the Browns. You know, you want to see this young Brown team. This is going to be a good test, you know. Jabril Peckham, yeah. Jabril Preppers, Miles um, Garrett, Danny Shelton, you know, Ogba Nassib. Uh, you know, let, let's let's see how these young guys are. You know, put them out against the AFC. You know, arguably the best offense in the AFC, and let's let's see how they stack up. 
I think I think you've got to hope for a bit. I think you've got to hope for sort of um, step up performances from people like Jamie Collins, Christian Kirksey. I want to see Calvin and Pryor doing well. I thought he looked yeah. he had a great rookie season. He looked like a very shrewd trade. Um, now that is something that's analytic. You take you take something where there's take a player where there's a sort of a um, uh, yeah a question mark where maybe he doesn't fit a system, but you know he's a fantastic player. But yeah, it's 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 just it's just a tricky one. I mean, this is a very they've got a very good offensive line. You would hope that they will have some chance, you know, to protect Kaiser to give him chance to develop. Um, and a good defense is going to be part of that. But what 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 a team to start against, even without Sammy Coates, I think Pittsburgh are still yeah, terrifying. I mean, the Steelers, come on, let let's see it. Go out, put up some big numbers, show us you're an AFC juggernaut. Uh, let's see how this young defense looks against. Let's not be fair. You know, this this is quite a good Browns offensive line. Okay, it's going to take a few games for them to gel and and you know for, for them to get their get their mojo down kind of thing you know, as a line yeah. to record it. But you know they had a quite a lot of shrewd you know three free agent pickups that look quite well. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, does Martavis Bryant, does he slot straight back in? You know, Is it going to take time for him to build chemistry? And what the hell is Ben Roethlisberger going to look like? I mean, is is, is he slowing down? Is is he contemplating retirement because his, his body you know, is, is, is breaking down? That's going to be something that I think a lot of people have been sleeping on. You know, How is, how is uh, Roethlisberger's body going to look? Shall we move on to another AFC team, uh, the final early game? So should we move on to the Raiders at Titans? How does that sound? Yeah, two, I mean, I love, I love a game like this. Two absolute hipster darlings, young and ascendant teams, ready to be our trendy pick to make the AFC Championship game and lose to New England. Um, I mean, for me, the most enjoyable part of sort of football in American sport in general is sort of watching teams rise, establish themselves and decline. It, it provides a fantastic sort of curve of drama to um, a narrative to follow the sport. And here you've got two teams that you expect are on the rise side and you hope they are. Um, I mean, they, it's the, the sort of the, the comparison, again, with them makes this a fascinating matchup. You've got two young, starry-eyed quarterbacks or in Derek Carr's case, eyelinered eyes, because I swear he wears eyeliner. Um, he's, a, I mean, Carr, for me, is a savvy pocket passer who puts fantastic chemistry with Mari Cooper, Michael Crabtree. He's got a great offensive line to play behind. He thrived in fourth-quarter comebacks last year and would have been an outside bet for MVP, had the first sack that Paul Donald Penn allowed, been the one that ended his season. Um, and then you got on the other side, you got Mariotta, who's um, also coming off a similar injury, but he's a different kind of quarterback. He's this mobile threat. Um, he can expl- extend the plays, but he doesn't actually extend it as much as you'd think. He just carries that threat. And if Carl's clutching the fourth quarter, Mariotta is in the red zone. Um, no red zone interceptions. I know, I keep saying it. It's great. It's a great stat for a quarterback that I really like playing. He also plays behind a fantastic offensive line. Doesn't quite have the weapons Carr has, but has a much stronger running game. And that's the thing, because for me, in this game, the difference is the team that makes the quarterback have to do less are going to be the team that wins. And I think that's going to be Tennessee. I think they've got a stronger front seven on defence. And yes, I know this is a strong Oakland line, but you look at um, players like... uh, Players like Bino Rakpo... Um, Derek Morgan, Joel Casey, who is excellent. Yeah. Um, that they're, they're sort of that sort of multi-layered threat. It only is one weak link in the Oakland team, which I suspect um, will be at right tackle. Where I think Marshall Newhouse is slated to start, which doesn't inspire you with a massive amount of confidence. Um, I don't, I don't have faith that Marshawn Lynch is pre two thousand and five Marshawn Lynch. I know he's had a year out, but. 
2015, he was not Marshawn Lynch. Um, I think you're sort, you're sort of betting on quite long odds that he's going to come back and be a star. And sure, Oakland have got sort of other running backs that can come in, but again, again, again to, to be a good front seven for a team yeah. who can run the ball a lot and who can keep their defence fresh and off the field... I think he's going to kind of favour Tennessee. I think you nailed it. How Tennessee Tennessee treat this game? What they do is they use their their you know elite offensive line and they beat up on. Let's be honest now, outside of Cleo Mack and potentially you know uh, Mario Rogers Jr. This is a really poor front seven for the Raiders. You know they've got Bruce Irvin's okay. Max you know he's he's a superstar. But then you know Edwards Jr. is more of a pass rusher than a run stuffer inside. You've then got uh, you know Justin Ellis who struggles against the run. You might end up having to you know start the rookie. Eddie Vanderdose because the he is he is slated to start apparently Vanderdose. And then you look at the, um, look at the middle linebackers. You got you know Corey James and Jelani Jenkins, who I've seen way too much of at Miami. You know that is not a you know a, a you know a, a fairly short Jelani Jenkins on IR as well, isn't he? Is he? Have I missed that? Who is it? Who's starting? Who they got starting inside so, then? Um, Markel Lee, as middle linebacker, who's another rookie, decided to start. Well, there we go. You know, you, you, this is just yeah. total, total mismatch. You've got this exotic smash mouth offense going against them, so they're going to try and play, you know, keep away ball, you know, control the clock. But I, I say but because I don't want to give any spoilers away for our pickums later. But you know, Derek Carr is going to be special this year. I know Mariota's got you know Corey Davis, Rashad Matthews, Tony Walker. Um, Eric Decker there, but I mean, you look at the Raiders, you know, they've got that offensive line that's going to keep Carr upright, they've got Cooper, Crabtree, Patterson, eh, Seth Roberts, uh, and then you've got, you know, Beast Mode in the back there, tight end, you've got Jared Cook, who should be okay, and I, I don't know, I, I just think this year, Raiders, like last year, I feel like there was, you know, they, they didn't get to finish their script last year, I feel like this year is going to be that magical year where they're going to, you know, ride off all the way into the AFC Championship game for a showdown with the Patriots. Uh, Seahawks at Packers, this has got to be the big headline game. Uh, later on the nine is it nine thirty p.m. GMT. Was that four? Yeah, nine twenty-five. Four thirty Eastern. Yeah. Uh, do you want to kick us off quickly with this one? Give us just a quick, um, quick thing for this. I yeah, I mean it, it. It's a bit weird that it, these these this isn't a really particularly good matchup for either team because their weak their weakness corresponds to a weakness on the other team, which is basically Seattle's O line against um, Packers sort of front seven. Um, which outside of Mike Daniels, I think is pretty mediocre. Um, I mean, I, I know I keep describing the Seahawks O-line as four blocking sides of a piece of tarp. Um, but they, they, they've given Luke Jokel a job for heaven's sake. Oh, um, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see a huge amount in Green Bay. I mean, I know Nick Perry had a big season. I don't think he's that good. We, don't, we as we've talked about, Clay Matthews has had two very down seasons. But what, um, do, what do the Packers do well? The Packers do well as they shut the run down, which means they can allow, you know, they can start sending, you know, Perry or Matthews on the C-gap blitz, try and, you know, roll those safeties down, try and force teams to try and beat them, in, uh, you know, in the middle. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like this 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 Packers defense is one that, you know, Dom Capers is the, the long-time quarterback, uh, uh, defensive coordinator there. Uh, I'm not too sure on the corners, though. You know, I'm not 100% sure how the corners are going to stack up for the Packers this year. You know, that seems to routinely yeah. be, be a problem for the team. But this is, you know, the, the Bennett Bowl. We got Martellus versus uh, Michael Bennett. You know, the, the two Bennett brothers who are, you know, I mean, they're just, are we just going to see, you know, the best of the, the Bennett brothers mic'd up for the next six weeks of, on repeat on NFL.com? <laughs> is, that what, is that what's going to be, be going on? I. Uh, 
I would I would happily happily listen to that. They're two of the most fascinating people in the NFL, sort of. And at any time, anything about. I always remember the Mina Kimes thing for ESPN from last off season, which was just absolutely killer piece where she spent several days with a pair of them. They're an absolute riot. Is, um, is this I think. I think. Go on, no, go on. What are you saying? No, go on. No, you go first. I was going to say, is this going to be the last season that we see this? You know, the Seahawks defense. It's been, you know. You think of the, the 2010s, and you're going to think of this, you know, Seahawks defense. You know, there's been some fair, fairly consistent people there. You know, you've, you've got Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, uh, Michael Bennett. Then you've got KJ Wright, and then you know this could be their last season together before they'll move on. And now all of a sudden, you know, we've got Cliff Averill there as well, who's been you know under under the radar type guy the last three years. And then you throw in Sheldon Richardson. I mean, is this going to be? You know, the number one There's no defense. way that this is the last year that they are a star defense. I think because, like you said, you got Sheldon Richardson. He's got seven. It's obviously quite a young chap still. He's got, he's got a last Reed. year of his contract though, so he could. could yeah, could but I, you, you stay in Seattle, don't you? If you're a star defense, that's player. what I mean. Maybe, maybe, I, these, maybe these guys they're getting of a certain age now. They think, oh, you know, our Super Bowl window's gone. You know, I know Russell Wilson to be. He's going to be like you know peaking soon, but. Maybe they think, oh, maybe it's time to get one well, last contract, get paid before but, before we end up and retire. Maybe, but I mean, they've they've stacked the secondary with replenished secondary rather with um, Shaquille Griffin and a couple of safeties. Um, I think Wagner and KJ Wright are still pretty young in the middle. I think they're in a mid mid, not quite late twenties yet. I like Duran Reed as a run stuffing defensive tackle. Ah, oh, this is this their window isn't closing. Well, if it is, it's closed because of the offensive line. But not, if the not, offensive... closing, not closing because of talent, I mean, just closing because these people, these guys are going to, you know, they're going to get bored of taking pay cuts, you know, to, to be with their mates, and they're going to want to get paid because they want to, they want to, you know, they're going to be closing out their careers somewhere else to try and get a big contract. But they've got one big contract left in them, you know. That's why. That's why I think they're going to after the season they might they might move on. So it could be a now or never type scenario. It's it's possible. I mean, you got to hope not because it's a fantastic um, defense to watch. And actually, that is the thing because seeing it go up against um, this Green Bay offense and the ridiculous, ridiculous pass defense. I mean, pass blocking. Sorry that Aaron Rodgers gets to enjoy sometimes is sort of fascinating. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, that's the thing with this game. It's sort of watch it intently when it's Packers over versus Seattle D, and watch it. Sort of, Cringing slightly when it's Seattle over versus Packers. D. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to watching Richard Sherman against Jordy Nelson. But also, something that might go unnoticed is going to be Bobby Wagner against Martellus Bennett. That could be a really, really fun matchup. Or, or seeing yeah. Cam Chancellor rolling down against Bennett. That that could be going to watch. Should we move on to our final game then, the Monday Night Football game? Yeah, let's go for it. So it is the big. What what a treat this is for Monday Night Football. We've got the big NFC East clash down in Jerry's world. Uh, the Giants' defense got the better of Dallas last year. You know they swept the series, but this game will ultimately be decided by one player, Dak Prescott. If they can open up the playbook in Dak's second year and he can take the next step and start to test this ball hawk in Giants' secondary, that would stop the you know the Giants' defense. They couldn't start teeing off against the run because it was so obvious last year. You know it was they were teeing off. They they, you know, they weren't charging up the field. They were having having to, you know buckle buckle down, bring safety down to the box. Uh, can they stop? The, can they? Can Prescott do enough to win this game to try and you know keep keep the Giants' defense off their toes? Uh, can this Giants' offensive line hold long enough for Manning's receivers to get open down the field? Uh, football fans, I think, could be treated to an absolute classic. And it's going to be interesting to see how this Dallas pass rush is looking. You know, if they can't put it together against the Cowboy against the Cowboy, um, sorry, against the Giants' line, then I'm not sure. I'm not sure when they can do it really. 
this is this is going to be a, a fascinating game to see. I, th I think it's going to be it's got, it's got all the feel of being you know, a very very close game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how you know the, the, the Dallas secondary holds up. That's someone that's been decimated by free agency. You know, are they going to be able to cope with the likes of uh, Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram if he plays? I think Odell might be missing. Uh, also, finally, who the hell is going to play running back for the for the New York Giants? Well, not just who's going to play it. Who's going to you know who's going to excel there? This is definitely a position of weakness alongside the offensive line. That's something that could hold the Giants back. I, I, I'm excited for this. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure about you, but I, I can't wait to see the Giants go up against the Cowboys. It's you know two big teams, prime time game. It's going it's going it's going to be a close nail biter. What do you think? I mean, I I'm down on both these teams. I, I as I got stick for last week. Um, I I think. If either of these are going to be, either these teams are going to be above five hundred, it's only going to be by one win above five hundred. Oh. Um, yeah, it was a bold prediction, but it's just what I feel. I worry about a whole heap of areas at Dallas. I worry about for the first time that I can remember that offensive line. You've got three stars and two question marks. I mean, who Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, elite elite players. Lael Collins. Hey, he, was, he looked good coming out of college. He did look good coming out of college. He's looked patchy as anything in the bits that he's played. Yeah. And so that, but that still leaves a guard spot. And who's oh, that yeah. going to be? Jonathan Cooper? I mean, one right. of the, the biggest busts of recent years in the draft. Um, Chaz Green, who the only thing I know about is basically that he's sort of been widely considered to have been pretty crap. But I understand that's mainly because of injuries. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I worry about the defence. Um it was Ben not break, and it was players playing at their very best last season. I mean, players. I don't, don't be surprised if people like um, Barry Church and JJ Wilcox and Mo Claiborne have years significantly worse. I think they were coached. I think they were schemed very well. But now you've sort of got rid of quite a lot of that, and you've brought in a couple of rookies and Benny Ben Wickery. It's not really. I mean, that's. That's a big step back, so I worry about the, that. The problem was was the cow the Cowboys. They you know how they played last year with you know, you know long sustaining drives with Zeke. You know they kind of hid their defense, and that that might not happen these first you know six weeks if Zeke is banned. And if you, you know, if they if you they, say they hid their defense, um, Pro Football Focus had their uh, uh, secondary as a highest ranked play grade secondary, and obviously take that with a pinch of salt because the Pro Football Focus's grading is is. Um, isn't entirely transparent, but you could you can still infer a lot. I mean, they're not going to have been as players playing badly if people watching every single snap are saying that's the best secondary in football by how well they played on a snap by snap basis. So I think I think that's possibly selling them. I think they excelled at what they had to do, and they were it was very good scheming about what they had to do. And we'll see if it works with a new batch of cornerbacks and, sa and safeties. This game is ultimately about if the Cowboys can pick on those linebackers for the Giants. So if Jason Witten, uh, you know, Rico Gathers, the tight has looked really good this this preseason. If him and, you know, Beasley and, you know, Bryce Butler and maybe even the rookie Ryan Switzer going over the middle getting those getting those matchups against linebackers, that's ultimately what's going to decide this game, I think. Shall we move on to our final segment where we're going to do our weekly pickums, which we will be scoring. Uh, we're going to review these every week. Shall we, shall we move on to those, Nick? Yeah, go for it. Are you ready? So we're going to have eight picks a week, and one will be a two-pointer. So guys, uh, make sure you tweet at the inside zone of your predictions as well. You can play along, and we'll try and keep keep score, keep tally. So the first game we've got is the Chiefs at Pats. Who do you think's going to win? And give us just one line. Um, 
Pats. Pats got Pats. Yeah. I've gone Patriots as well. Eagles at Redskins. If I'm going to go in on um, Philadelphia winning this division, I have to go Eagles, don't I? Eagles. I'm going to be boring. I'm going to join you there with the Eagles. Right, got Oakland Raiders at Tennessee Titans. Mariota, touchdown! Got Titans, wow, that's a brave one. I sh- I sh- yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't do that accent ever again. Right, I'm going to go for the Oakland Raiders, even though I just said the game plan of how the Titans are going to win this game. But I, I don't know, I feel like Carl's going to put-, put up numbers and he's going to force the Titans to start throwing the ball. Khalil Mack's going to have a, a you know, couple of sacks this game. Uh, Bucks at Dolphins. Uh, Bucks, just to spite you. Bucks, goodness me. Uh, Falcons at Bears. Um, Falcons, and I think this is also, any of you playing Survivor, this is a really good one to go for because the Falcons, it's a little bit unknown as to how they're going to do some of the season, so they might slip, but against the Bears, week one, go for it, Falcons. Seahawks at Packers. You didn't pick one there. Oh, sorry, I had, well, it was obvious I had the Falcons. I had the Falcons. I'm all in on the Falcons. I said this last week. No hangover cure. The defense is going to take the next step. All in on Atlanta. And they've got a giant bird outside their stadium. <laughs> Packers, Seahawks. Packers. Yeah, I'm going to join you there. Go Pack, go. Uh, finally, second last one. Carolina Panthers at San Francisco 49ers. Are we buying the Kyle Shanahan hype train? Um, I'm buying the Christian McCaffrey hype train, Carolina. There you go. I've got Carolina as well. That could be one of the top defences this year, who you predicted last week would be the top defence this year. Yeah, I've, I've made an effort as well. I know never talk about your fantasy team, but I've got them my, as my defence in pretty much all of my leagues, which is um, going to be funny when it comes to week four and uh, getting no interceptions or sacks, but hey. There we go. And now the big, big, big... This is the big one. This is the two-pointer. And we're going to go with the AFC West showdown. The Los Angeles Chargers at Denver Broncos. Who have you got for two points? Oh, I, 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 I don't like, I don't like what who I've got. I might change it. I thought. Um, oh, hang on a minute. I thought, I thought we agreed this before. Who you had? Okay. No, no, no. Who do you want? Who do you want? Go on. No, no, it's no, not, no. Fine. It's not, if, it, if, if it's, I don't want to upset you, Tom. I don't want to upset you. No, no. Let's go. For, let, let's go for the Denver Broncos. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure, but let's go for them anyway. Go on, you can change the charge if you want to. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. If it's going to upset you. Fine, I've gone charges. Fine. All in on fine numbers this year. Right, so there we go. So we've basically got the same picks there, apart from you've got the Titans, I've got the Raiders. Uh, you've got the Bucks, I've got the Finns. And then finally, you've got the Broncos, I've got the Chargers. We will monitor those games. Uh, we should pick some college football games as well, but maybe that is something we could do on a, on a separate podcast episode. Uh, guys... Be sure to go check out the website, theinsidezone.com. We've had some excellent, excellent, excellent college football coverage on there over the last couple of weeks. You've been catching any of the uh, college football stuff on there, Nick? We've had a few new writers come on board. They've been writing some really, really good stuff on there. Course, yeah, I've been, I've, I've been keeping a bit of an eye out. I mean, I've not been around much, but um, I mean, I'm not a particular expert on college football, so sort of anything that I can, um, anything that I can pick up from there, um, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we had the big predictions. We had the uh, the preview of the FSU-Bama game, and then finally we had the top week one college football games. Guys, if you want to get into college football, every week we'll be having a preview of the top games that weekend, what to watch for, so you guys know what games to stay up late for to watch and what games you should be looking for on YouTube Monday, Tuesday morning to download for your commute. 
Uh, I think we'll have a few more articles going up over the week. I think we've got an Eli Manning Hall of Fame article going up for the next couple of days. That should be an interesting... Oh, God. Yeah, that, that could be an interesting, controversial one. And, and it was it's, uh. it's written by a Giants writer, so let's see how that goes. Uh, also hoping to interview OCU Manura tomorrow and also the CEO of Game Pass. Let's see if we can get those interviews up over the next couple of weeks. Apart from that, this has been Tom Like. Nick, f- thanks for joining me once again. Thanks for taking time, you know. No problem. You know, you could have stayed out in Spain beef to have a comeback. Want to come back, come on the podcast. And uh, guys, thanks for that. Be sure to give us five stars on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Thank you very much. Ta-ra. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the website at www.theinsidezone.com. Till next time.